Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. I'm so pumped you're here. Um, We're finally getting a little bit of relief from the heat in Austin. And by relief, I mean it's like 99 degrees outside and not 115. So we will take it. I hope your summer is off to an amazing start. I cannot believe that it is July. Like how how has that happened? (laughs) How are we here? I'm sure many of you are feeling feeling that same way. So uh, if you are in the boat of like, oh my goodness, how did I get to July? Just know that you are not alone. I hope your summer is off to a really, really awesome start or some of you are kind of more in the middle of it. Uh, But yeah, I'm super excited. I'm super excited about summer camp. So uh, there's almost 80 of you as of this morning. I'm recording this uh, on July 3rd. There's almost 80 of you inside of L&D Career Summer Camp. And this idea came to me one day and I thought, you know, what if we kind of took all these little bits and pieces of career transitioning, of you know, our own personal development as career, you know, as L&D career folks. Uh, what if we looked at trends that we should all be in the know of and put them together into one week-long interactive, almost like retreat style, uh, but all virtual. And that's how L&D Career Summer Camp was born. So we are kicking off summer camp on the 24th of this month. So we are still a couple weeks away, which is so exciting. Um, the full schedule and calendar will go out at the end of this week. So if you're listening to this live, the end of this week, and I have extended the pre-sale until end of J, end of end of J, end of day, <laughs> July 4th. So uh, when you are listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this when this is, comes out live, which will be actually on July 4th, you have until the end of the day to still get the pre-sale price of $99. Um, it will go up to $199, so it'll still be super affordable, especially for all of the value that you're getting. Um, but if you're kind of on the fence about it, if you're like, whoa, should I should I, or should I not? Um, you should, first of all. Second of all, um, the $99 uh, will be um, extended until the end of the day, July 4th. So in the morning of July 5th, I will hop on and I will update that to $199. And I'm so excited. We are covering all of the things. So we're going to be looking at all of the career transition stuff. So we're going to be focusing on mindset. We're going to look at our L&D niche. We're going to look at resumes and cover letters and personal branding and all of those fun things, interview skills we're going to focus on. Um, and then we're also going to be looking at some of the higher level things. Like how do we start to belong to communities and build community? And what does it look like in terms of you know, L&D trends that we should be aware of, especially no matter, really, no matter where we are in our career uh, transition or not. So I'm, I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking, like, do I have to be looking for a new job for this to be, uh, for this to be valuable for me? Absolutely not. Really, any place that you're in in your L&D career, this is going to be great for you. It's going to allow you to, A, think about what's next. So for some of you, what's next is right now. You're ready for it right now. 
for others that might be six months down the line, a year down the line, two years down the line, it's going to help you be able to identify and understand what, what next looks like for you. And then how do you start to plot out and prepare for that? And what are some things that you can start doing now to make sure that you are ready? So no matter where you are on your L&D career kind of timeline or trajectory, this is going to be a really great, um, it's not even a, a I don't know what to call it. It's a virtual experience uh, for you. So if you are interested in joining and getting that $99 rate, please DM me on LinkedIn. You can grab the link also if you go to my LinkedIn uh, profile. The link for summer camp is there as well. Um, or you can feel free to email me as well. But uh, that price will go up to $199 on July 5th. And also on July 5th, we are kicking off Ace the LED Interview Live. I'm so excited. This is the first time that we've done this program live. Um, it's a, a course I am adding to it. But as of right now, it's a course that's been inside the LD Career Club and some other course, some other programs that I've hosted. And what we're gonna do is we're dividing up the the series into three different parts. So we have the prep part, the pre part, and the post part. In the prep part, what we're gonna be focusing on is so that first that first weekish, we're gonna be looking at how do we stop over preparing? How do you really understand and know your niche so you're able to articulate that? We'll look at crafting what's called your interview stories. So starting to streamline a little bit more in terms of making sure that our the way that we're preparing is efficient and effective. Uh, we're gonna be dissecting and creating your elevator pitch and practicing that. And then we'll be focusing on the mindset piece too when it comes to interviewing. So that's all in terms of like the overall prep. So that's gonna be week one. Week two, it's called pre. So what do we do pre-interview? So now that someone has called you or emailed you and said, hey, I wanna interview you, now what do we focus on doing? So the prep stuff is stuff that we should just kind of always have have ready to go, especially when we're in that career transition process, um, not waiting until we actually have an interview to do that prep. We can do that prep way ahead of time. Once we get to the pre though, we're gonna look at you know questions that we should be preparing to ask, which we're also gonna focus on today's podcast. We're gonna look at now how do we align our stories to each individual role, making sure we're prepared for that specific interview. How do we have the salary question? Um, and then what to do in terms of presentation. So many L&D roles will require you to present, uh, whether that's to a panel, whether that's to one person, whether that's creating uh, you know, creating some sort of presentation or facilitating their own, we're gonna cover that. And then of course, the last week is gonna be post. So how do we really optimize post interviews to make sure that we are standing out? Uh, so thank you notes, we're gonna talk about negotiating, we're gonna talk about um, and navigating rejection and what that looks like and some best practices to make sure that we are standing out even after the interview has already concluded. So uh, this is, I, I will say this is probably one of the, I think all my stuff is valuable, obviously, but this this will save y'all so much time, like so, 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 so much time uh, when it comes to preparing for interviews. So I know people who come to me who work in my programs who are spending 15, 20, sometimes 30 hours preparing for one individual interview. This is going to take your preparation time for one in interview down to maybe, maybe at the most an hour, usually it's like 30, 30 minutes to, to an hour. So the amount of time this is going to give you back and make sure that you are in the correct mindset showing up, it's invaluable. So that is available right now. Again, you can feel free to DM me for the link for that program. If you do register for that program, um, I will throw in uh, L the L&D Career Camp for free. I, I had that special going on through last week, but I'll extend that through this week as well. So if you are um, interested in joining AC L&D Interview Live, uh, that is kicking off. We start on July 5th with all that, that prep work. 
And then on the week afterwards, so on July 11th, all the next modules for pre will drop as well. So you have some time to get in there. We do kick off on July 5th. We have two live sessions as well, daily Voxer um, and coaching access to me. So, and you're gonna, and what's different about this one too, and then I'll, I'll get to today's episode, I promise, um, is that you're gonna have an opportunity to live practice your elevator pitch and your interview stories uh, with me and other people in the program too. So it's gonna be a great opportunity for you to kind of get some of those kinks out as well. All right, you know where to find me if you want that program. Come and join us. I'm super pumped for it. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So I get this question a lot in terms of, you know, how do I prepare for each type of interview that I have, right? So what I want to start off with is remembering that a huge part of interviewing, and this is something we're going to spend some time on inside of ACLND Interview Live, but a huge part of interviewing is not only being the one who answers the questions, but the one who asks the questions. So today we're really going to focus on how, how do we start to leverage each one of these interviews? What's the purpose of them? And what are the questions that you can ask to make sure that you are optimizing your time in these interviews. So I've said it a zillion times before, but it's important to remember that as much as they are interviewing you, you are interviewing them. Now, with that said, it's really important to craft really thoughtful questions that give you the answers you need to decide if this is the right company or role or team for you. But also from an interviewing perspective, it shows the person who is interviewing you, that you have interest in them, the organization, the role, the company, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to break down today the four types of people that you'll typically interview with. Um, so that's a question I get a lot as well, is like, what, what does the interview process typically look like? So what I'll start off with, uh, with what I will start off with, <laughs> I haven't finished my caffeine today, y'all. What I will start off with is kind of walking through that process. Now this can look, this can and will and does look different depending on the role, the organization, so many different things. But I'm gonna speak kind of broadly today and some more generalizations. And then you'll notice that as you go and interview some of these, some of, some of these processes might be expanded on, some might be more minimized, but typically what'll happen is you will apply for a role, whether it's online, whether it's through a referral, whether it's even if someone has you know coached you, typically you're gonna up, up, apply you know on, online or you'll submit some sort of application. What will most likely happen? The first interview you're gonna have is gonna be with the recruiter with human resources, and these are typically called your screening calls. Okay, so you go through what's called the screener, and then and I'm gonna walk through each one of these kind of in, in a little bit more more detail. I'm gonna give you high level, and then we'll, we'll dive in. And then once you, they decide that the recruiter decides that you are a good candidate to move forward, typically what will happen then is that you'll kind of can go one or two ways here. You'll either talk to the hiring manager, so the person who's going to be your boss, who's going to be responsible you know, for you know, your supervision, or sometimes what happens is they'll have you talk to a peer or someone on the team to kind of do that that one more check over before it goes to the hiring manager. So sometimes the hiring manager and the peers are are flopped. But typically what happens in a lot of times is you actually go to the hiring manager next because they want to make sure, hey, okay, this person, you know, if the hiring manager likes this person, great, now we can kind of move on to the rest of the process. 
So you're either meeting with a hiring manager or you're meeting with a peer and then you'll flip. So if you're meeting with a hiring manager after that, you're usually meeting with someone who is a peer, who's going to be a peer of yours, maybe even a possibly a peer of the hiring manager, um, maybe someone on a tangential team that you're going to be working closely with. So I say peers and I say that loosely because it can be, again, people on your team or a tangential team or a team that you might be operating within. Um, so I say peers kind of loosely there. And then of course, if you already met with the peers, when you move on to the next, you're, you're going to most likely be meeting with your, your hiring manager. So those two are interchangeable. What happens next, usually in most L&D cases, is there's going to be some sort of panel interview. Now on your panel interview, this can either be just a panel in general where there's multiple people. So it could be your hiring manager again, peer, different peers. Um, it could be your hiring manager's hiring manager. Um, or it can be uh, other just just people from from the team that you're going to be on. A lot of this is more dependent on the size of the team. So, for example, um, I've worked in teams where, like personally, where I've been hiring and I've only been a team of one. So, in that case, this person would be, would have no direct peers on our team other than myself. So, I'll bring in peers from other you know other departments uh, in the organization who'd work closely. Uh, but I've also worked on teams where I've had a team of 22. And so the people who are going to be in that panel are people who will be working directly with this person. So kind of just depends on the structure of the organization. But in a panel interview, sometimes it's just that it's just panel interview questions and answers. Um, but most likely what happens in most panel interviews for learning and development is you're some sort of project. So whether it's you're doing a presentation, you're walking them through some work samples of yours, you are facilitating something. This is going to be more dependent on the role itself, um, what it is that they're going to ask you to do. But typically what they're going to want to do is see some sort of your skill set uh, in, in live time. So keeping that in mind, that's typically what that panel interview is for. And then after the panel interview, what usually happens is either you meet with the hiring manager again, any last minute questions that either of you have, and then you kind of move on from there. Or the next layer could be that hiring manager's hiring manager, so someone who you know is is the, the boss's boss essentially. Um, just kind of looking at you know what your what your ad will be in the organization. So that, sometimes that happens. Um, that's a standard protocol. Sometimes that happens if there are two top candidates and uh, you know they're struggling with deciding who they should choose. They bring one more person in. So it really again, there's no no rhyme or reason necessarily depending on the organization. But sometimes you can expect that after that panel interview that there's going to be one more either with the hiring manager or the manager's manager or someone in, in a leadership role. So. I would say on average in the L&D space, you can probably expect to go on anywhere from four to like six-ish interviews, which I know is a lot. Um, it's a long time. But and this is what we're going to talk about in Ace the L&D Interview Live, how you prepare for them. If you can kind of, I, I teach this more like one and done approach to preparation, then it stops mattering as much how many interviews you do have because you're just, you know, you're just prepared. You're, you're globally prepared, essentially. You don't have to spend all this time preparing for every single interview. So what I really want to go through today is kind of each one of those that I just mentioned. Um, each one of those people, I guess, that are more a part of that process that I just mentioned. And I'm going to walk through kind of the points of each of those interviews and really for you to understand now how you can cater your questions to those those types of roles so or types of interviews. I think one of the things that people make a really, really big mistake on in interviews is asking the wrong questions to the wrong people. So for example, there might be a question that you want to know about overall expectations of the role. 
Now, if you ask that to this recruiter, most likely the recruiter is not going to be able to answer that because they're not directly reporting into the supervisor. This role isn't directly reporting into that recruiter. Um, they're just kind of working off of the job description that they have, uh, you know, and whatever working relationship they have with, with the hiring manager of that role, but they're not going to be able to speak to that. So if you ask that question there, you're not going to get a, an answer that's going to be useful to you in all honesty, and you kind of waste, waste, waste precious airspace and question time, you know, asking something that's not going to be the right question. And so you want to make sure that as you're preparing for each of your interviews, that you have your questions, that you cater your questions appropriately. Now, inside of ACLND Interview Live, I'm going to give you a list of questions that you can pull from. Um, today, I'll give you a couple of samples of each, but inside of that program, you will have a list of questions that you can pull from for each each interview, um, which will make this so much easier for you as well. All right, but let's dive into these at that high level. So first and foremost, like I mentioned, you're going to have that recruiter call. Uh, I would say nine times out of 10, 9.5 times out of 10, you're going to have that recruiter call. Very rarely people will skip over it. Again, if it's maybe a, a, a referral or someone that the hiring manager poached, there could be an opportunity for, for you to skip over that. But uh, yeah, 9.5, 9.9 times out of 10, you're going to have a recruiter uh, recruiter calls. So these are typically called screening calls. And the recruiter, it, it's where the recruiter who's responsible for going through their resumes, they are calling, they're having brief interviews with candidates before passing just a handful over to the hiring manager. So it's important to remember that this person is just going through, let's say there's 100 applications that come in. This person's going through, they're looking at a high level. This is why having, having a niche aligned resume is so incredibly important because they're gonna probably spend seven, maybe 10 seconds looking at your resume. So you wanna make sure that resume is like super, super crisp, aligned. Um, I teach this inside the LMD Career Club, but you wanna make sure that uh, that recruiter is able to go through at a high level and see what you bring to the table. Now, I will say this, I'm not gonna to talk too much about it in this episode, but it's important to also remember that you are writing your resume for a human, not for a piece of technology. So most people spend way too much time and energy focusing on how they can quote unquote beat the applicant tracking system when the majority of companies actually don't even use their applicant tracking systems, artificial intelligence to scan for resumes. So stop wasting your time on that. Let's start there. Um, all right. So coming back to the recruiter, they're going through their scanning and let's say there's 100, 100 applications, maybe they're pulling 20, 15, 10 of the top resumes that come through and they're having you know brief interviews. So you can probably expect that this interview is anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes for the most part. Uh, and so again, you're thinking about you have 15 or 30 minutes, mo not that's not a lot of time to be able to you know get your elevator pitch across, which we'll cover at ACLD Interview Live, to be able to ask your questions, to answer their questions. So you wanna be really, really, really specific with what you're, what you're coming with and being succinct with your questions as well as your answers. So it's important to remember, like I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, that the recruiter will typically not have all of the information about what your day-to-day -day will look like. They're just, they, they basically have about as much information as you do. So if you have the job description, if you've read that, that's basically what they have also. So they're not gonna have much more information about the day-to-day, -day, but what they're gonna be able to offer perspective into is the culture of the company. So I want you to think about this. When you are on a screening call, you have three goals of that call. One is to get a better example of the culture. 
So one of the things I talk a lot about inside the L&D Career Club is that value alignment, that your skills will get you in the door, but your value alignment is what will keep you going, right? So you have to think about it too. You made it this far. They obviously think at some point you have you have the skills to do the job. Now is the point of, of the part where you can make uh, make value alignment come to, come to the, the surface here. So, and that also aligns with making sure that you're applying to roles that you are, for the most part, clear on their values and that you already see that value alignment there. So I always teach to my clients, it's not a spray and pray that we want to do before you apply, do a little bit of research to make sure that you're seeing some sort of value alignment. Sometimes we can't get it all. Again, that's why this recruiter call is so important. So first and foremost, getting a better understanding of the culture. So for example, let's say that one of your core values is creativity. You could say something along the lines of, I saw on your website, one of your core values is creativity, which is one of mine too. Could you tell me a little bit more about what that looks like inside of the organization? So here you're able to ask them more of that culture question, that value question, rather than some diving into something very specific about the day-to-day that they're not gonna know the answer to. So what will, what will make a bad recruiter call is if you're asking all the questions that the recruiter can't answer, right? So you wanna make sure it's that's fruitful. Because when they can't answer a question, then, then it no, is no longer turning into a conversation, right? So you wanna make sure these are questions that they're going to be able to answer. So the first goal is to get a better understanding of the culture. The second goal is to understand the timeline and what the steps of the interview process are. So I will always say this, you never, ever, ever, ever leave a recruiting call your first interview without knowing two things. One is the timeline and the steps of the interview process and two, the salary range. So spoiler alert, what we're talking about next. So when it comes to the timeline, of the interview process, asking them maybe how soon they're looking to fill this role, what are typically the steps that are involved or the steps that someone could expect to go through. Uh, those type of questions are really, really important because A, it now gives you the time frame so you understand like what, what is going to go into this. You can start to mentally prepare. And B, it also shows them that you are, A, you're in, you're, you're interested and you're in it for the, the long haul, whoever that is, but that you are thorough and that you're you that these are important questions to ask. And so, again, knowing what the timeline and the steps of the interview process are is going to be really, really helpful for you. So goal one is getting that better understanding of the culture. Goal two is understanding the timeline and the steps of the interview process. And goal three, like I just kind of alluded to before, is knowing the salary range. And you do not wanna leave a screening call without this information. Now, I know a lot of people do not like talking about money, so I'm gonna need you to, we're gonna talk about this in that ACL LD interview live, but you want to know what it is you're working with because what will happen is, and I've seen this happen, I don't see it happen very much anymore with any of my clients, to be honest, but in the beginning, I'd have clients who were waiting until the end, and then you know they'd go through three, four, five, six interviews, get a job offer, and you know it was way less money than they were interested in taking. So I think it's, you know I had a client once who, was actually one of my first ever clients, who went through a several week long process, got an offer, I think the offer was like $45,000 a year, and she's making like $55,000 a year as a teacher. Uh, and she was like, she was so pissed. She was so, so, so pissed. So it, luckily only three weeks later, she landed her all those making $100,000 a year. Uh, so that was awesome. But that was a great lesson learned. And so in the beginning of that interview process for her, that next role that came up for her, she made sure to ask that question up front because it's it's a, a, a waste of your time and a waste of their time if, if you're just moving along and the money isn't right. So you want to make sure that you know the salary range. And so 
where people start to get really anxious is asking that question. So one of the ways that you can do that is bringing up, you know, just saying, you know, to make sure that we're both aligned, what's the salary range you have budgeted for this role? And I love asking that question. I just had a client in the L&D Career Club um, who asked that and the salary range they had budgeted was a lot higher than the numbers she would have given them if she if they would have asked her what her range was. So it doesn't work every time. So people will say, well, what range are you looking for? And this is not a, you know, we're not looking to fight back and forth. But uh, I think it's really, really important to make sure that you walk out of that first interview understanding what the salary range is. So that recruiter, HR interview, the goal for you is to get a better understanding of the culture, to understand the timeline and the steps in the interview process, and to know what the salary range is. Those are the three things. So once you rock your recruiter HR interview, let's move on to, let's assume that you're going to go to the hiring manager. So this is ultimately going to be one of the most important interviews, um, if not the most important interview, because this hiring manager is interviewing you to see if you're a fit for them and for the team. And you're interviewing the hiring manager to see if this is a person you want to work with 40 hours per week, right? So this is a very important interview, not just for you to ace, right? But for you to to get a lot of clarity in terms of what it is that you are going to be doing and if this is the person that you want to be doing it for. So let's talk about some of the big picture goals of the hiring manager interview. So first and foremost, it's for you to understand what it is that they need out of this role. Now, you might get that information just from hearing them talk. It doesn't mean you have to ask them that question specifically. Um, they might That might be the first thing they're saying. It comes out of their mouth, right? Here's what I need of this role. So as I'm going through these today too, these don't all mean that they're questions you have to ask, but they're, they're goals that you want to hit. And if they don't hit them, you know, just in, in the means of having a conversation, you want to ask the questions. So first and foremost, understanding what it is that they need out of this role. So, uh, so for them, for you to be able to walk away knowing the value that they see bringing to the role and the team, right? That's what, that's really what that, that, that goal is entailing, right? What do they really need out of this role? What is the value that they see? Like, why is this role open in the first place, right? Whether someone left or not, that, that actually doesn't really matter in this case. It's more of, they obviously see that there's a, a, a hole, a need, a gap, what value is this person going to bring to the team? So really understanding that. The second goal is to get a clear picture into what their expectations are. Now, this is a great time to really dive in and asking a question around like what success would look like in the first 90 days, what success would look like in the first year, right? What And understanding what what success looks like to them and then being able to reflect back to yourself and say, is that what I want to do? Do I see career success being able to do that? So you want to understand what they need out of the role. You want to get a clear picture as to what their expectations are. And that's important because it's remembering that the job description is usually written by the hiring manager. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's a collaborative effort, but you know, the, hire, the the job description is is a wish list essentially. So this is your opportunity to find out what is on like the needs to have list and what is just like on their like, okay, that would be nice to have, but not, not necessarily a requirement, right? This is your opportunity to do that. Um, it's also, you know, when you think about a goal of, of the hiring manager interview is to confirm you're on the same page about the job responsibilities. So one of the things I, I, I think that's really important for people to understand in the hiring manager interviews is 
what does it what does a day-to-day look like in this role because we can look at the job interview or the job description and it can say you know responsible for da 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 develop this and do that okay that's great but what does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis does developing a global onboarding program does that when you use those words does that mean i'm going to be sitting behind the computer and actually creating all the individual learning assets does that mean that i'm going to be working with a subject matter expert every day does that mean i'm going to be in meetings with stakeholders right like what, what exactly do, do those things look like? So confirming that you're on the same page about what the job responsibilities in, entail. The other thing to think about and the other goal of the hiring manager interview is to learn about development opportunities. So thinking about how you want to grow, right? This is where it comes in where you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. You're thinking about how you want to grow and what what does that look like? And that's why I, you know, I encourage my clients too to, we, we always think big picture, like, right? Like what's this legacy that you want to leave behind? And then what's the, what's the next step we need to take to get there? But you have to also imagine that after this step that you're interviewing for, there is going to be another step in your career. So is this going to be the person who's going to get you there and help develop you to get there? So again, we're going to talk about this inside the ACLD interview live. We'll go through some some questions that you can ask here. But you know, even could be as simple as how do you typically work with a team on developing new skills, right? So understanding from this particular hiring manager, are they going to be hands-on or hands-off? And that could be, that that's a totally, totally personal question to ask because for some of you, you might not want someone who's hands-on, who's going to be working with you every single week developing a skill. You might prefer someone who's like, oh, we have a $2,500 budget that you can use to you know, develop however you want. And other uh, others of you might want someone who's working with you every single day on developing a skill and can maybe care less about there being a, a budget. You really want that relationship with your manager or they're somewhere in between, right? So again, this comes back to you being really clear on what it is that you want out of your hiring manager and making sure that you're asking the questions that, that will bring those answers out. And then the last goal of the the big picture goals of the hiring manager interview are to understand the challenges of the role. So it's not just about rainbows and butterflies and their expectations, but actually understanding what what is going to be the biggest challenge to someone in this role and asking yourself, is that a challenge I want to face? Um, You know, I was just talking to someone the other day and they were talking about how one of the biggest challenges they have in the role that they have open is, you know, that the organization works very, very, very autonomously. And it can be challenging sometimes from a learning perspective to you know, roll new things out because everyone's kind of doing doing their own thing. So how do we find that blend? And so the person interviewing for that role, that might be something that's appealing to them. Okay, great. Yeah, autonomy is actually a value of mine. I, I would love to figure out the way that we blend those two together. Someone else, I'd be like, absolutely not. That's not the vibe for me. That's not a challenge that I'm, I'm wanting to take on. So when we think about the hiring manager, remember, it's about them interviewing you to see if you're a fit for them and the team, but it's also you interviewing them to find out if this is if this is the job you actually want, if this is the person you want to work for. So we go back to those big picture goals. The goal is to understand what they need out of the role, the hiring manager, to get a clear picture as to what the hiring manager's expectations are, to confirm you're on the same page about the job responsibilities to learn about development opportunities and what that looks like, and then to understand the challenges of the role. So after the hiring manager, again, like I said, sometimes it's after or before, but then you'll be meeting with peers. So most likely in some way, shape, or form, at some point in the interview process, you are going to be meeting with peers. So that could be people who are on the same team as you. Again, like I mentioned earlier, a more tangential team, maybe a team that you work closely with, but maybe not, you know, you're not like reporting into the same manager per se. And so when you are meeting with peers, 
this is where you're going to get a sense of who you'll be working closely with and what that relationship looks like. So when we think about when we think about kind of the, the two main goals of the conversations when you're having with you know with peers in the organization, you first and foremost want to understand their role or roles. And then part two of that, so you know, 1A, is how your role works with theirs. So this now, or, or what their perception is of how this role works with theirs, right? So sometimes this is a great opportunity for you to see if there's any disconnects between what the hiring manager expects your role to be and what your peers expect your role to be. To be. And that's okay if there are disconnects. It just means that you're going to have to get back on the phone with the hiring manager at some point to talk about the disconnects that that you heard and making sure that you are clear on what it is that you will be doing. So that first part, you know, understanding their roles, it's really important, I think, just in interviews in general to show that interest in other people, but especially here in this peer part. So whether they're a peer on the exact same team, a tangential team, a team that you just happen to work closely with, understanding what they do on a day-to-day basis and then how your role works with them or how they see the role aligning or how your role supports them, right? So those are kind of some questions to think about there. Now, what I will say now is a second goal of this these peer interview is to also, if it is, especially if it is people who are on your own same team, is to work to learn more about how y'all work together in terms of team dynamics. So, and again, that doesn't necessarily have to even be your same team. That could be you know team to team dynamics um, or understanding how teams just work in general in the organization. But especially if it's a team that you are joining, because you're going to be peers, you're all working under the same the same manager, the same leader really understanding how they all work how you how they all work together as a team and really where do you fit in with that. So I think it's important and when you think about peers amongst the organization, this is really an opportunity for you to also get more of a, you know, when you meet with the hiring manager probably I would say you're meeting with the recruiter, you're probably getting a 30,000 foot view. When you meet with the hiring manager, you're you're really getting like a 10,000 foot view. But your peers, right, they're going to kind of give you that boots on the ground, maybe 5,000 foot view depending on who you're meeting with. And so you really want to understand, you know, more nuances of you, their role, how your role works with theirs, team dynamics, ways of working inside of the organization. You can also, you know, uncover here what challenges they're facing, uh, you know, what their development or their growth has looked like as well. So there's a lot of opportunities here for you to think about that kind of boots on the ground and what what you need to focus on to to understand what it looks like as being boots on the ground in that organization. So, you know, I think when it comes to your peers, just remember that the goal here is to understand their role, how your role works with theirs, how they expect your role to work with theirs, and what team dynamics look like. And so that'll also, I, I would say too, like you know, the, between the hiring manager and the peers, when we think about our panel interviews, the goal of that is going to be to showcase your skills. So that's a little bit of a different, different preparation process. Um, but having had that time with the hiring manager and or the peers you know uh, to to date utilizing a lot of that information as well so one thing i'll say about panel interviews is and we'll talk a lot about this inside of ace the lnd interview is that it's an opportunity for you to now showcase the skills that you have and especially if you're doing a presentation to teach them something new so I would encourage you, you know, as you're asking these questions when you're on your interviews to make sure that you're taking good notes. And when you come back to your panel interview, it's an opportunity for you to kind of almost regurgitate a little bit what you've heard, right? So if you're talking about, uh, let's use an example here of you asked your the hiring manager, 
you know, what success would look like in the first 90 days or the first year or what what the day in and day out looks like in that role, you can incorporate some of those answers back into what you're presenting. And same thing with your peers. So I really highly encourage you all to think about that. Or you find out the challenge is that there's an autonomous workforce and, you know, that that's, that's a challenge that you all face. Well, maybe in your presentation you speak to how to overcome that. So it's an opportunity for you in all of those interviews to, to collect data so that when you do do your panel interview, whether it's an interview, whether it's a presentation, you're able to bring some of these things back up to the surface, showcase that you've reflected on them and that you you can bring solutions to the table as well. All right, so the last one I wanna talk about is kind of the, the, the hiring managers, hiring manager, maybe the vice president, the head of learning, a C-suite executive, right? Now, if you've made it this far in the interview process, you have made quite an impression. And at this point, what's happening here is that the person who's interviewing you is checking to see if you're a value add to the organization or the department as a whole, right? So the hiring manager, they were seeing if you were a value add to the team and to them. The peers were seeing if you were a value add to to them and to the team, right? Now at the hiring manager's hiring manager level, they're looking at it bigger picture. So what you wanna do is, when it comes to the the goals of this of this interview you want to leave with first an understanding of how this role impacts the department and the organization so at this point you've learned what your like what your impact will be in the team and what your impact will be you know from peer to peer and what projects you'll be working on but if we're thinking about at a much higher level for the overall organization understanding the hiring manager's manager, right? This maybe it's a VP, we'll call them for the sake of this. The VP's the VP's mindset around the value that your particular role will bring not only to the team, but to the department or the organization as a whole. I think the other piece too is is seeing not only the impact but the perceived value, right? So the impact is like what what it is they see this role going to be able to do and accomplish. The value is what they're going to be able to bring the most to the team. And then I think getting a bigger picture on what are a, a departmental and organizational challenges, right? So this might be an opportunity now to maybe hear again that there are some challenges or a different lens in terms of what those challenges are more organizationally. So your hiring manager might have answered that question thinking more departmentally or more team-based, like, hey, we have a really hard time working with subject matter experts or stakeholders or you know getting people to take our training, whatever it is. But at this more VP level, you might be hearing more something along the lines of we're not making our revenue numbers or you know we're having a really hard time with adoption of this specific you know technology or onboarding is taking too long. So you might get a bigger picture here into where uh, where this role fits in and what challenges you are facing. So here's the thing. These, it, a lot of times people wait until they're getting to you know the interview process to think about what are my goals of each interview and what questions should I ask. What I highly, highly, highly recommend to do is no matter where you are in your career transition process, whether you are just starting out, whether you've been interviewing, somewhere in between, I want you to pause and I want you to just take, take note of today's episode and kind of go through each goal that I mentioned for all of those all of those interviews. And I want you to start to structure and think about what are the questions and create your own bank of questions that you would need to ask. And again, some of these become more specific and intentional to you, but 
What are the questions that I need to ask to be able to feel comfortable about moving to the next role and into the next level of, of this interview process? Now, what's beautiful then is like you don't actually have to prep each time that you go on these interviews because no matter where you're interviewing, it, interview 10 different places, one different place, the goals of each of these are going to remain the same. So I highly encourage you to kind of pause wherever you are on your L&D interview process and take some time to plot out what are those questions you're going to ask for each one. So that way you can just have it on one. And I have a one cheater that I'm going to give out in the um, ACE L&D interview live. So you'll be able to pull these out and just kind of have your own, your own cheat sheet that you can decide which questions that you want to ask. But having, whether you're getting it from me or you're having your own cheat sheet, it's very, very important. And it's one last thing that you have to prepare as you go into each interview. So very, very excited for to hear how these questions are to work for you, what questions that you are plotting. Again, please come and join us inside Ace the L&D Interview Live. It's going to be so much fun. The first time I'm ever doing this, uh, it's an opportunity for us to practice out loud together. We're going to be practicing elevator pitches and interview prepping. Um, we're going to be practicing how to answer specific questions. I'm going to give you a list of uh, general questions that are typically asked. I'm going to give you a list of questions that you should be asking in each interview. We'll look at how do we prep and kind of do a one and done prep for your entire interview process um, amongst across all interviews. And then how do we prepare specifically for each individual one? And how do we set ourselves up for success after each interview? So again, email me if you want the link to join that. Uh, there are payment plans available for that as well. Uh, or you can grab it on my LinkedIn profile. It is there. And I will catch you all next week. Happy interviewing, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the L&D Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.